0: We believe that only God makes a preacher, but we want to help him be more faithful. This is Verse by Verse, and I'm your host, Pastor Rob Gitter. Our guest today on Verse by Verse is Dr. Herschel York, the pastor of Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfort, Kentucky, and dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dr. York, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Well, you're very welcome. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Preachers around the U.S. may be used to preaching to a lot of empty seats, but we find ourselves in unprecedented territory as preachers in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. Much of our proclamation will be done to a camera. Dr. York, help us think through preaching with our congregation, not physically in the room with us.
1: Right. The only difference here is that I don't see them, but they're still there. So I... I've been preaching now for the last several weeks, uh, to an empty sanctuary, but I still feel very, very connected to my people. You know, it's been a grace of God that I, I have not felt like I'm preaching to an empty sanctuary. I have felt. My folks are watching this. They are engaged and involved. In fact, uh, this past week we had, uh, Mo- almost twice as many views as if you take our normal attendance and the normal views we get, uh, we, we doubled it. So I don't even know where all these people are coming from. There are, But it tells me there are opp- opportunities in this pandemic that I did not have before. So right now there's just probably more gospel going out over the Internet than there ever has been. And you've got to pray that there are people that are sitting at home who normally would not be, and somebody is saying, sharing a Facebook, you know, a a Facebook live event or something, and they're watching. So uh, I'm I'm seeing that. I'm not just seeing an empty room. I really am seeing all the people that are watching, and I feel very connected to our people. So as I preach. Uh, I I really think that the last two Sundays I've done this, I've preached with as much passion and joy as if they were there. Uh, I I, I hope that's true. I've certainly tried to do it and by consciously thinking of it.
0: So I saw something on Twitter and it was a prayer request and it said, pray for pastors as they attempt to make this Sunday's live stream not look like a Bin Laden capture video. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And in that... Um, so how do we do it well, like what elements of preaching stay the same and what elements shift in this context?
1: Okay, you're going to be, you're limited to the technology you have, right? So if all you have is a, a cell phone to, to set up or is set at a laptop like this and teach, then you're going to be limited to uh, your, your words and facial expressions. You can't really gesture uh, effectively like this. You certainly can't move around and interrupt the visual field that much. So you're going to have to do the best of what you can. And I praise God for uh, guys I see from especially small churches. A friend of mine down in Western Kentucky, pastors of a tiny little church. And I saw him Sunday uh, when I got home for, for an hour behind us. And I opened up my Facebook and and he was sitting at a, Sitting at a table, had his tie on, uh, you know, op- with an open Bible, and he was just teaching. Praise the Lord! That's what he's got. He's got that technology, uh, and he, he's he's working within the confines of that technology. You know, at at Buck Run, we're blessed where we've got multiple cameras, and we can we we can shoot it just like there are people there in the audience, and I can move around and we've got multiple angles, all that. So you you are limited by the technology you have, but okay, don't lament what you don't have. Use what you do. And you're going to have to find ways to be good with your facial facial expression, use humor, many different things you can do to keep an audience engaged. One of my dear friends, David Miller, is an evangelist, and David is a quadriplegic. And you know, David can't move around. David can't gesture. He can't hold the Bible. He has to memorize his scripture, his outline, uh, every time he preaches. And he does it so well. I've never seen anybody use facial expression, very deliberate speech patterns. He'll say things like, Are y'all getting this? Are you getting it? Do this, do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, he's got all these little things that he does because he has physical limitations. All right. So he's going to compensate and use other ways of uh, keeping people engaged. And I think that's what we're having to learn how to do. So people like, you know, blind preachers never see their audience. And, uh, and I know several of those, uh, David Miller never gets to move. He's always sort of limited in space like that. So we're just having to figure out what others have figured out, uh, all along. And, and that's a good healthy thing for us to do. It makes us think about preaching.
0: Right. So in thinking about our preaching, um, every one of us step down from the pulpit and evaluate our sermons. Mm. And because of that, this uh, online live streaming changes that just a little bit for us because of all the statistics that come our way. So how can we evaluate the success of our sermons while protecting ourselves from our arrogance and discouragement in the view in, in light of likes, shares, and all these statistics coming at us.
1: Yeah. You know, you have to remind yourself that we're not searching for multitudes. We're searching for one. And if you, if you really see that, that you're, you're just asking God to use you to reach the one, uh, there's one lost sheep there's one lost coin. There's one lost son. Lord, you help me to reach one. And if you do that, it doesn't matter how many viewers, shares, likes you get. Uh, You just trust that the word of the Lord does not return void. It will accomplish that which it's purposed and sent to do. And if you truly believe that, rest in that. Uh, Don't, uh, you know, it's not a matter of pride. There's always going to be somebody with a bigger church than mine and yours. And there's going to be somebody Actually, they're going to be somebody that's a lot better preacher than I am. Praise God for that, by the way. Right. And uh, you just have to say it's about the Lord using me. It's about my faithfulness. He's honored in my faithfulness. I think our people seeing us working hard to continue to minister and teach them, even in this thing, is a healthy and a good thing. I think I don't know what the back end of this looks like. It's going to change a lot of things in our lives and in our culture. I'm convinced of that. It's not gonna be two weeks of staying in and now we walk out into the sunshine and everything's great again. It's, it's gonna be different. It's gonna take a while. There are some things about this that will change our culture the same way 9-11 changed our culture, just expectations and fears. I think that's gonna happen here too. But I believe the church of the Lord Jesus can come out of this stronger and healthier than we've ever been. I really do. I think this should prepare us. There's going to be a great cultural tsunami coming our way in the near future. Anyway, we are on the outside of our culture. Anyway, we are, we, as we are frequently told, I don't believe this, but we frequently hear it. You're on the wrong side of history because you know, we, we're not going along with the sexual revolution largely and, we actually believe in two genders and uh you know things that that all of every culture in the world has believed for millennia uh now suddenly our culture says yeah but we know better well we're not going along with that so i think this is preparing us for the cultural isolation we're going to feel got a bit of a respite now with this current administration but it's going to end at some point whether now or in four years or eight years at some point <clears throat> our culture is going to make it difficult for a church that believes what my church believes to get alone. I mean, a lot of th- things going to happen in the future. I think we've come through this sort of, this is like boot camp for that. Mm-hmm. And we're figuring out ways to be faithful and creative and to teach the truth and to be willing to, uh, be sort of on the outside, so I think we come out of this stronger. I think our churches are getting, in a, in essence, pared down to the essentials. We're figuring out what do I really need to 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 minister, and what does the church need to be the church? Gathering is a big thing. I mean, I'm my ecclesiology says we must gather. You know, I'm personally not doing online communion I just think I don't I don't see that in the scripture I can't bring myself to do that but the ministry of the word I can do uh, there are a lot of things we can do and staying connected so I think this makes us stronger on the back end if we do this well
0: and that's what I believe we all want to do so the next question is how can we sharpen our preaching even while in quarantine
1: well I think we have first of all more time to study there are a lot of things that I was a regular part of my day that I no longer have to do, and so I have added time. So I've got more time to study, to really think through a passage and see how it fits and relates, and uh, and even to practice, to practice going through that sermon, whether you do that in your mind or in your shower or uh, on your computer screen, however you do it. I think it's a good thing to really go through the sermon before preaching it. I think we've got some time now to do it to enhance our study and our delivery both ways.
0: Well, as we try to adapt to this, is I guess the key word, the question then becomes people are scrolling through dozens of recorded sermons or live stream sermons, which means our sermon titles will have more weight than ever. So help us think through getting an effective sermon title.
1: Okay, you know, that's a good point. Uh, I'll make a confession here. I've always been one that sort of mocks sermon titles. Uh, In fact, uh, if if a guy wants to get on my bad side in a preaching class, but the worst thing he can do is get up and say, the title of my sermon is. (laughs) I I hate that. It's like going into your wife and going, all right, the title of this talk is uh, (laughs) where we're going on vacation. You know, uh, we don't, oral events don't do that. I've always said the only reason we need the titles for the bulletin or the, you know, the label for the CD or the, the link online. But you're right, I think uh, you make a great point that really I had not thought about. And frankly, so i give you props for that. I think I'm gonna be more careful in choosing my sermon titles now because uh, in this environment, that's an initial hook that otherwise may not mean as much. Now, typically on a Sunday, people aren't coming to Buck Run because of a sermon title. But I do believe what you said is true, that someone might click on a link because of the sermon title. Um, and so I think I think you're right. We probably need to think through those well now. And, you know, I, I'm so I want to come up with a title that, accurately reflects both my text but then also would be a hook for somebody to go now what's this about you know what, what's what's this about so um, you you've inspired me to think more carefully about my sermon title this next week is going to be it's a big text I'm preaching so I'll I'll have to give more thought to the sermon title than I did last week
0: Well, so speaking of how the sermons are shaped and how they work, in dealing with this pandemic, uh, we might be tempted to find the coronavirus around every bush and under every stone. So maybe talk to us a little bit about how and if one should use this present crisis.
1: Uh, I think there's a balance that needs to be struck. There's no question. This is on everybody's mind and and heart because it's impacting every part of our lives, from you know retirement fund to uh, our jobs, our income, uh, our the health of our loved ones, everything. So I don't think you can ignore it. By the same token, I don't think you should preach about it exclusively. See so what you need to say uh work it in as needed. But I I'm not preaching a sermon on the coronavirus. I'm preaching through Luke. I've been preaching through Luke. I'm in a two year series. This past Sunday was about G- in Luke seventeen, uh, Jesus healing the ten lepers and only one coming back to thank him and it was a Samaritan. And uh you know we're so we're in a medical context. I, I almost can't preach that passage without somehow mentioning the, the current crisis. But nobody wants to just be bombarded with it all the time. They're getting that anyway. Give them the word of God, give them the gospel, show how it impacts the way we navigate these waters, but don't make it about that. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, sir, it does. Thank you for your time, Dr. York.
1: You're really welcome. Uh, I love talking about preaching, and I love talking with preachers, so I'm happy to do this.
0: Thank you for listening to Verse by Verse. You can find us online at GoVerseByVerse.com. Join us again for preaching resources to help you become a more faithful expositor of God's Word.